0: We are going to talk about anything and everything in regards to relationships, uh, bump and uglies, whatever it is that we're going to talk about, we are going to talk about. And so um, the first thing that I want to say is this. If I was giving you honest advice, just to look at you in the face, I would go straight up, don't date in high school, okay? It's dumb. But what I understand is that you're going to look at me and go, I ain't going to do that. And I know that you're all not going to listen to me, which is why we do this series. And so that's what the next four weeks are going to be about. Today, we're kind of setting the precedence, the big vision of what singleness and dating is all about. Next week, we're getting super practical about dating and all that kind of goodness. Then we're talking about uh, sex, and then we're having a good old question and answer panel at the very end of this thing. And so, what I want you to do is, if you are new here today, this is your first time, maybe you got tricked into coming today. Um, You know, your friend was like, hey, uh, let's go to the keg. You're like, the keg, come on now. And then they brought you here. Um, I'm sorry. I apologize on their behalf, but I'm not really sorry. But I'm sorry in in the non sorry kind of way. And so, what we're going to do is, we're going to walk through the next four weeks talking about relationships. And the reason why we're talking about this is because, on a serious note, there's a lot of people who are in this room who have had relational kind of sin happen to their life, whether they are a child of divorce, um, where, whether they are someone who has already been hurt in a relationship or have hurt people in their relationship. What we're trying to do is listen, hey, this is what everything has been told to you about how relationships should work and how they are. And now let's look at a different kind of angle about this. Let's look at how the Bible kind of talks about this idea of what dating really is. And we're going to kind of take it from a weird, different angle. And what we're going to take it from is Galatians 5, uh, 22, 23. If you've got your Bible, pull out your phone, whatever you've got, Galatians 5, 22, 23. It's going to be a bit of an uncharacteristic dating text, but we are going to use it for tonight. Galatians 5. 22, 23, it says this, but the fruit of the spirit, the spirit of God, but the fruits of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things. There is no law. We're going to go to one more place. First John uh, chapter two, and we're going to go to verses four and six. First John chapter two, verses four and six. And it says this, whoever says, I know him but does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected. By this we know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way which he walked." And I think at times we have so many questions about all of this stuff. Relationships, girls, guys, sex, this whole topic. And at times we have been trained up a bit in school or whatever it is to be afraid of asking questions. Um, this is one lady, her name is Brene Brown. She works with uh, like shame and guilt research. And so she went to this middle school, talked to this middle school and asked them about asking questions. And this is what one of these little girls responded back. It's beautiful. We have a, a slide that you can follow along with. It says this. There are times when you ask a question or challenge ideas, but if you've got a teacher that doesn't like that, or the kids in the class make fun of people who do that, it's bad. I think most of us learn that it's best to just keep your head down, your mouth shut, and your grades high. And that whole idea of, okay, I'm not going to really ask any, I'm kind of scared, I'm fearful of asking questions that I don't really know if I want the answers to. And we kind of sit down, we put our heads down, we work hard, we don't care anymore, but it's still kind of in us. It's working us a bit. That's what this topic is in the church we have so many questions. We have, well, how does this work? How does this work? How does this work? What do we do here? How, how do I do that? And we begin to ask all these things, but then we get so shameful. We sit back and we're like, dude, I, I have no idea what to do, but I'm not the one asking. Maybe if somebody else asks, I, I, can, I can join in, but I'm not going to be the one who does it. And that's what we want to switch around. That's what we want to change with this. Galatians 5, 23, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against these things there is no law. So the first one is this, is that we have to set a proper expectation. We have to show and have a vision for what this whole thing is about. If you're a dude in here, it might be a a, a bit more challenging. If you're a girl, it's going to be still incredibly challenging that this whole vision of what a relationship is going to look like might twist and turn a bit of the things that you have already believed to be so. And the first one is this you have to realize that in singleness, which is probably the majority of the room, right? You don't got a bae or nothing like that. When you're single, it shows you a lot about yourself because you don't really realize who you are, okay? Um, In marriage, you begin to look at the other person like, are you serious right now? Okay, I'm not naming names. But uh, all of a sudden... I realized something being married, okay? I got me, I got my wife. We're in a house, we own a chinchilla. It's like this little furry gerbil thing, it runs around, it's gray. So that's our family, right? Me, her, and this little animal. And and what I began to realize about my wife is something that maybe she knew, but maybe she didn't, okay? My wife is selfish, okay? And the reason why I say that my wife is selfish is because she comes up to me every single day and she's wearing my clothes, okay? I don't know if you're a guy in the house and a girl's stolen your clothes. Probably not. But I'm in that I'm in that place, okay? I'm like, I was going to wear that shirt. She's like, well, not today. And then she just takes off. <laughs> what the heck? Like, I can't do the opposite, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, look at me in my pink sweater. Everybody would look at me and laugh. Or well, maybe I should do that. And so maybe she would go... Uh, and kind of be like, oh man, I'm, I'm going to do the opposite, or, or, or whatever. I began to realize that about her. that She's, a, she's quite the selfish individual in that, in that sense. But the beauty of what it also showed me in that moment is that I'm also extremely selfish. I began to see the expectation of myself, the way that I began to look, and then I looked back at my life, and I was like, dang, this has kind of been a reoccurring theme. Um, I remember I had my cousins at my house, and uh, I was at the table, and I, I got some cookies, some Oreos, come on, that's some goodness, got some Oreos, put it on the table, and uh, I don't do the twist, and like I just full, come on, and, uh, and I'm eating some Oreos, and I see that my cousin sees me eating Oreos. And I know that in five seconds, he's going to walk to the pantry, grab the box of Oreos, and eat him some Oreos. So what did I, I, I decide to do? Um, like any uh, reasonable person, I ran to the pantry, grabbed the Oreos, went to the bathroom, and locked the door. And, uh, and I began to look at myself going, man, like I'm, I'm pretty selfish too. But I only realized that in, in hindsight, looking backwards. And so what you have to do is you have to look at your life and go, man, where, I, where am I at now? You have to look at your relationship. You have to look at marriage way far off in the future. And You have to go, man, what kind of relationship do I want to be in? Who do I want to be in that kind of a relationship? Do I want to be loving? Do I want to be kind? Do I want to be gentle? Do I want to have a lot of self-control? Whatever your vision is of the end is what's going to influence what you do now. And so you have to look at that picture and go, okay, if that's what I want to do, what do I have to do now to get there? And that's the point. And every single one of you has your thing. Maybe it's it's anger. Maybe that's the thing that you have right now. Maybe it's frustration. Maybe it's lust. Whatever your thing is, you have to look at your own life. You have to audit yourself and go, man, how do I do this? And we look at the Bible, we look at all of what this says, and we go, man, there's not really a whole lot of, uh, a whole lot of things on dating. There's not a whole lot of things in, uh, on dating in, in this book. And it's true. Did you know that dating is like a 70-year-old concept? It hasn't been around for that long. The Bible recognizes three kinds of relationships. It has um, a family relationship, it has a neighbor relationship, and then it has a marriage. I learned this today. And what we've begun to do in our culture is we put dating, right? So if it's um, family, neighbor, and marriage, we've kind of thrown dating right in the middle. And we've said, uh, you got to kind of pull from both sides. You got to pull as, as if they're your friends. And we also got to kind of pull like, as if they're kind of married to you. And we've had this weird kind of a feeling, this dating thing. And it's thrown to you in every single angle all over the place of how you should do this, why you should do it, and, and what to do while you're doing it. Even right now, there's like 72 terms of what it is when you're kind of you know, dating a girl. Okay, we're dating, we're seeing each other, we got a thing, you know, right? And there's so many different terms it's complicated it it's changed imagine in in 2007 which is the new epoch of our age the digital age began facebook went to anybody who had an e- email address twitter began the iphone came out after 2007 the game changed for every single person where now uh, uh, how you asked a girl to a date before was like hey you want to go on a date now what it's like is Nice. That's, that's what it is. And the game has changed. Everything begins to be a bit different. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And we look to this and we go, man, this has nothing to tell us about what dating is. But what we begin to realize is that even though there isn't specific dating verses, this whole thing is teaching us how to be in relationship. Even right there. To do these things. Have love, have care, have compassion in your hearts. Man, I look at my life and sometimes I don't have a lot of compassion. Sometimes my wife comes home and she's like, man, I'm so like, uh, my stomach. Like it's, uh, and I'm just like suck it up, man. What's going on? I'm lacking in compassion. I'm lacking in these things that I go, man, if I want to be a good husband, these are the things that I have to learn. Compassion is one of those things. I, I have this uh, definition up there for you guys to, to see what compassion is kind of like. Compassion is not a relationship between the healer and the wounded. It's a relationship between equals. Only when we know our darkness well can we present with the darkness of others. Compassion becomes real when we recognize our shared humanity. It's this idea that I go, man, I look at that definition, I, I'm not that at times. So who you want to be has to reflect in what you do right now. Me and my friend uh, Luke's walking down the street. uh, This is in high school, and we're walking by his grandma's house, and we see this boy who went to our high school mowing his grandma's lawn. Okay, We're like, Tommy, why are you mowing Luke's grandma's lawn? He's like, well, because I need some money. Well, why do you need some money? Because uh, I need to buy an Xbox. What happened to your old Xbox? No word of a lie. He looked at us on the street. He goes, hard-scoped like, what? I got hard scoped, man! For those of you who don't know uh, gamer noob terms, it means that when you're playing Call of Duty, they, they they spent time on the scope to kill you and shoot you in the head, okay? So all of a sudden he goes, I got hard scoped, bro! So we're like, okay, and he goes, and then I threw my Xbox out the window. <laughs> what? You, th- you threw your Xbox out 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 the window. He goes, "Yeah, totally." So imagine that guy in marriage, okay? Um I got home, the car was on empty. So what did I do? threw my wife out the I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. <laughs> just joking. But that's the important of what you gotta do now. You gotta look at who you are. You gotta look at what you want to be. And you have to figure out ways to get to that place with whoever you are. Because I think, I think at times in the church and wherever, we look at our relationships, our marriage, and we look at the other person first. And we go, listen, this is what I want, man. She's gotta be hot, okay? Number one thing. Uh, two, uh, she's still attractive. Three, um, she has a nice family. Four, she's smart. Five, she laughs at my jokes. Six, uh, she doesn't fart, okay? Uh, seven, and we start making all of these lists. We start making all of these things kind of happen before we ever look to ourselves and go, man, what do I need to do? What's the thing that I have to be in for? Imagine you kind of going into dating and, uh, and you kind of haven't set boundaries aside of what you really want to do. It's like, uh, it's like me going to a buffet and saying that I'm on a diet. Okay, I go in there, I and my boys, we go to the buffet. Man, I'm on a diet, okay? And I walk in, and that's all I've established. I am on a diet. So I walk in, and uh, I see the chicken nugs, and uh, I see more chicken nugs and I'm looking at them and they're looking at me and they're calling my name Michael and and as as I'm sitting there all I've established for myself in that moment is I am on a diet and I see those chicken nugs looking at me right in front of my face and what am I going to do man five seconds in I'm 30 chicken nugs deep you know what I mean I'm eating those suckers and why because I haven't set up proper things in my life going, this is is the boundaries of what I want to do. This is how I want to come into this kind of a relationship. And how many of us get into these kinds of relationships with people where we haven't set clear boundaries, and me, as a guy who's led ministries over and over and over and over and over again, I hear the backside of it. We never had the guts to have a conversation going in about how I want to do this, about how I want to do this, about how I want to do this. Now I slept with so-and-so, and it feels like they had this grip on me. It feels like they, they control me. It feels like, man, I, I can't get out of this anymore. And I'm sitting there looking at a 15-year-old girl in this situation going, only if you would have thought, only if you would have looked at your life and asked yourself for the first time, what do I want with this? Not just going in blind, not just going in with no idea or thought at all, just kind of, you know, what's the point of dating? It's just because I want to have fun. I want to have a blast. And what does that begin to do with us? It begins to be a mentality for us that if relationships are just for fun, just for having a good time, that's how people get hurt. Why? What if the girl's no fun anymore? I'll move on. And you think it's just high school relationships. You think it's just us. No, it's pervading everyone. That's why marriages are breaking. Do you know that my marriage going into it, somebody could have walked up to me, grabbed a coin and flipped it and said, those are the odds of you making it through. Man, that breaks my heart. Statistically, half of you come from divorced homes. Half. It screws you up. I had my whole life an absentee father. It was just me, my mom, my grandma. And this whole time I'm thinking about life, going, man, it didn't really affect me. It didn't really affect me. It didn't really affect me. And then I noticed every single relationship I ever had with a grown man. They were awful. Horrible. I would never listen to them. I would always push back. I would I would disconnect. I'd push away. And I always looked at myself going, I had no issue, and I did. Why? Because I had no idea about how those relationships affected me. But look at these things. Look look it over again and again. But the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control against such thing there is no law 70 years ago dating showed up before that it was literally your mom talking to your friend's mom going all right you want to do this thing all right I'll trade you a cow okay let's do it arranged marriages where before, the whole idea of how relationships worked was, hey, let me get to know you first. Let me fall in love. And the final thing in marriage is the idea of sex. It's the ultimate giving of yourself. And now what the world says is it flips it all the way around, and it says, no, 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 lead off with sex. Let them see a bit of who you are, not realizing that every single time that happens, a piece of yourself goes with that individual why do you think so many people feel way more broken after a sexual relationship than a non-sexual relationship? It's a piece of them has gone away. You knew everything about me as my ultimate giving and look at how broken I am. Look at how, look at how much I hurt because of this. And we have to sit there and we have to ask ourselves, maybe for the first time, what is it that I want from this? What do I want from this relationship? How do I want to do this? And what begins to happen is we feel pressured, we feel hurt by the people around us to have some certain kind of a relationship that we really don't want. It's weird. It's disturbing. And at times, the expectation of what we have is so important. If, if you were ever to look at me and uh, talk about a movie, Right? Uh, Imagine silence, like I talked about a couple weeks ago. If you ever ask me how was that movie, I'm the kind of guy who goes crazy. Oh my gosh, changed my life, bro! Changed everything about me. I came out a different human being. And then you're like, "Whew! All right, this is going to be a good movie." And then you go and watch the movie. You're like, "All right, I'm not going to come in. I'm going to come out of this a changed man." Twenty minutes you're asleep. You come out of it, you come up to me, you're like, what the heck? Why'd you tell me that it was all going to be good? And what happened? Your expectation, your vision coming in distorted the results at the end of it. The same way, if I said to you, man, that movie sucked. It was awful. You would come in with the vision of that movie is awful. And after you would come out of it, you go, man, it wasn't actually that bad. Isn't it so funny how having the clear vision changes and distorts the results of what actually comes out? So the world tells you a whole bunch of stuff about how to have relationships. It's just emotions. It's just love. It's just care. Oh, my gosh. Like, uh, yeah. It's all this Instagram kind of love. But what's the actual picture? One of the things I think is probably the strongest thing that I can say to people in this room of expectation of having a vision of relationships, of knowing what a marriage looks like it will way long in the future, even a dating relationship, one of the strongest things that I can say to any person in this room is that if you are addicted to pornography, you have no right to be in a relationship. If you are addicted to pornography, you have no right to be in a relationship. Why? Because of all the things I just talked about. When you watch porn, you have endless amount of options in front of you. I'm gonna watch this today. I'm gonna watch this kind of thing today. Maybe I'm gonna change the hair color, ethnicity, it's a buffet in front of your eyes. And this is what you've constantly been training yourself to do, to choose from the options right in front of you. And then a relationship comes together and it goes, okay, stick with one girl. And then you ask why it doesn't work out. Why you get bored so quickly. Why you don't think of her the same after a while. Your expectations are completely different. More likely than not, if you're a guy who struggles with pornography, you're also gonna be the one who's constantly struggling to try and do things to her that she does not wanna do. You're gonna push the boundaries. You're going to have this expectation of what it's like. Let me be straight with you for a second here. Your version of sexuality in relationships from pornography is you comparing real life to acting. What you watch on that tiny little screen is not real life. You are getting played for a lie that you begin to believe every second, every single time you turn it on. This is what a sex life is like. This is what a sex life is like. And then you get to the real thing and that's what's gonna happen to you. You're gonna go, this is a completely different thing from whatever I thought. And you bought into a lie of options, of acting. The number one thing I would say to any of you, guy or girl, is the first thing you have to look at is what you look at. What is the clear vision of your, of, of your relationship? What do you have for yourself? The number one thing that I always had, and I thought it was the most important thing coming into any kind of relationship, dating or, or otherwise, was, man, if I date a girl and it doesn't work out, 10 years later, I should be able to walk up to her and her husband and she's walking down the street. They should be able to come up to me and I should be able to shake that guy's hand. And he should say to me, listen, thank you so much for taking care of my girl. That's the vision of this. That's what we have to do. That's the people that we have to be. Guys, for for, for a second here, okay? Okay. Just for the guys, Ephesians 5 has this whole idea of listen, the the ladies are gonna care, they're gonna cherish, they're gonna love you, but you as the man have to be the one that sacrifices. You as the man have to be the one that goes way over and above everything you possibly ever imagined for that girl. If you think anything other than that to a girl that you are interested in, don't get in that. Do not get into that relationship because the image that Paul gives to us in Ephesians 5 is, listen, you know how Jesus was with the church, how he kind of died for them, gave everything he possibly could? That's what a husband is to a wife. He's the one that risks. He's the one that leads. He's the one that initiates. He's the one that starts. He works. He goes further and further and further. He's the leader And at times, women have a problem with following, not because they're wrong, but because we're wrong. Why would anyone want to follow a bunch of people who do not know how to lead? Get over yourself for a second. Because you know what that means for me? That means where me and my wife fight about the dumbest things in the world, we're angry and upsetting each other, who's the one that walks in and apologizes? I do. I initiate that. Because that's my job. If my wife looks to me and says, I really want to pray with one another, and that's something that I'm really horrible at, is sitting there wanting to go, Listen, let's just spend time with Jesus with one another. I have to be the one that does it. A majority of the problems that I've realized about people is that men do not know how to lead. My dad took off. Tons of my friends, parents, divorced dad takes off, wants nothing to do with the kid. If you're a guy in this house, you have to understand something about how God has made you to lead, to push, to try harder, to work at it. If I get to the place where I realize, you know, committed Christian couple, they want to save themselves for marriage, and maybe that's a a Christian ethic that you don't really agree with, that's okay if, if you're not at that point yet. But this is the way that we believe about how things should go. Sex is the very last thing on the docket. And if you're one of those people who gets into that kind of an intimate relationship and you sleep with one another beforehand, that's on the guy. Because you didn't know how to be a leader. That has to hit us. That has to work our hearts for a second. Don't blame the girl. Don't say you were the one who made me do this. No, be a man. Step up for one second. And I'm not saying you're gonna be perfect. You're gonna screw up. You're gonna make a lot of mistakes. You're gonna do a lot of dumb things. I am king of dumb things every single day. At times I'm lazy, I'm disorganized, I am broken, I say awful things. I, I do all of these things that every single day I go, man, I need to step up, I need to step up, I need to step up. But it's this constant image. 1 John 2, 6, whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked the vision of what I want for my relationships in life is I want to treat people the way that Jesus treated people you know that woman who was sexually broken and she's sitting there at the well and all of a sudden Jesus goes up to him and all of their culture would have shamed that woman over and over and over and over again and he looks at her with mercy with compassion with love and says I know you've done all of these things I know you've screwed up. You've had adulterous relationships. You've had multiple uh, sexual partners. You've had multiple husbands. The guy that you're with right now is not your husband. And every single time, you can imagine that feeling in her heart. Just called another thing out, called another thing out, called another thing out. And what does he do? He doesn't scold her. Cares for her. He becomes the person that she wished she always had. We have to look at ourselves and go, why did we get caught up in any of these things? Because there's a very different feeling, and we all know it, with belonging and fitting in. Two very different things. You go to a new place and you want to fit in. It means you want to change who you are and kind of be a chameleon. Change yourself to the temperature of the room okay, these people are kind of telling these kind of jokes, saying these kinds of things. Let me form myself. Let me act a little bit differently so that I can fit in. I can be normal with the rest of them. Belonging is different. Belonging is me walking in, being exactly who I am and them accepting me for that. And how many of us come into relationships and want to fit in? We want to move ourselves, want to change who we are because we're going, man, that they won't love me if I don't. At the same time, the opposite is true. We look at the people we want to date and we say, if only if I can change you, only if I can change you, only if I can change you. Do not date people for who you think they will be. Date them for who they are. Do not date for the person that you have changed them to be in your mind. Date them for who they are today. And if you're a guy in that house, in this house, in this place right now, you look to yourself and you go, man, do I love Jesus? Do I act like that? Do I need to step up in a ton of different ways? Because it doesn't just affect you. And I think you have to understand that. The way you date is the way that you act in marriage. And the way that you act in marriage is the way that you're going to parent. And the way that you parent affects way more people than you. Where you begin to look at yourself. And, and isn't it so often? Like I was, um, I was looking the other day at my mom's handwriting. And I'm looking at it, and I had a note that I wrote right next to it, and I was like, man, isn't it so crazy? My writing is almost identical to hers. She sat there, and she taught me every single day how to write over and over and over and over again. And I looked at her, I imitated her actions, and then I found myself doing the exact same thing. And then I look at my mom, and uh, we, were, we were driving uh, two cars yesterday, me and my wife, and she got stuck. And I'm on the phone, and I'm like, come on, like seriously, like just drive the car. And I was pretty confident about my driving. Oh, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. And then I looked at myself and going, why do I have this like weird confident demeanor when it comes to stuff like this? And then I looked at my mom and I was like, because that's exactly who she is. This strong, independent woman with confidence all over the place. And I followed in her footsteps. And then I looked at the other things in my life and go, I have a really big problem with forgiveness. If somebody says something to me that I don't like, I might hold a grudge or just, sorry, peace, I want nothing to do with you. And then I looked at that aspect and I go,es where did I get that from? And I looked at her and I realized she does the exact same thing. Right now, what you are in, in this single stage of your life, maybe looking to date someone, maybe looking far off in the future to get married, is that you have to prepare to prepare. You have to know what you want and you have to do what you have to do now to change those things. And where I would start is this list. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, Self control. Against such things, there is no law. Make an audit of your life. Look at who you are. Compare it to this list and go, Am I that? Do I do this? Do I constantly look to myself and go, I need to be more like Jesus? Do I love like He loves? Do I care for people who are in front of me like He cares for people? I just wanna encourage us, get that vision in your head of what you want this to be like. Look to yourself as a guy, as a girl in this place, and ask yourself, who do you want to be? And make this the day where that begins to start. That it isn't for fitting in. Your relationships aren't just to kind of change yourself so that you can feel accepted, but it is about belonging. And hopefully this begins to be the place where you feel that. That you walk in here and you belong. You don't have to change who you are because every single one of us are in that exact same situation where we read that last song that says, amazing grace, that he would save a wretch like me, that every single one of us has brokenness. Every single one of us has a pain, has some kind of a crack somewhere. And Jesus is the only one that comes into that place, who changes us from the very inside, not just so I can love myself more, but so I can love my wife more, I can love my family more, the people in this room more. And maybe it's less about looking to the other person who you want them to be, and more looking at yourself and saying, who do I want to be? So let me pray for us, and we can get going with the rest of our night. Father, thank you so much for the students here who are in this room, who are looking to their life. And as we get into this, I know it was more of a serious note. And I pray that there are things in that, that we can look at ourselves and go, this is what I need to do. I need to have a proper perspective. I need to have clear expectations of what I want. I can't just come into this blind." if I feel like i'm just going to go into this relationship and wing it then we will soon begin to realize that things don't go the way that we feel like they should go so father we pray for the hearts and for us if we're a new attender, maybe for the first time and and you don't buy any of this, and you kind of say it's all bogus, and maybe there are aspects of this they can even look to themselves and go, what can I do so that later on in life I become the father that I want to be, the husband I want to be? And it seems so far away from now, but we don't understand that things today impact who we are later. And that we can look at those things, and we can change things in our own heart to love the people around us more, to be more loving, to be more joyous, to be kind, to be gentle, to have more patience, to have self-control. So when we get to those places, people look at us and they go, there's something different about the way that you work. Father, I pray for the expectation in this room of the future marriages that come out of this. Imagine how different the world would look at the church if the divorce rate in the church was zero. I pray that that's the expectation. The percentage is not flipping a coin. It's, I've never heard of that here. And that's the vision we want to breathe, that we want to start, that we want to have. And it starts today with the people here in this room. So Father, we thank you. We love you. We just say, want to pray.